This episode are Spirit of the Beehive by Victor Eddies and Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro. Both works are set in early 1940s Spain, shortly after the military dictator Francisco Franco consolidated power. Each movie focuses on a young girl who believes in fantasy stories. But are these fantasies real? Although these films differ in their tone and pacing, they blur the boundaries between real and imagination and seek to confront a vulnerable time for Spanish audiences. Our guest is Manuel de la Puerta, a physician from Gainesville, Florida. Manuel grew up in Spain during Franco's later years, then moved to America as a young adult. Now, here's our host, Sam. talking about the 1940s in Spain how would you describe that period from what you learned from historical context from what you learned from family etc you know the country was totally devastated Uh, there were probably more than one million people um, that died during the war but I think um, and I think something that is reflected in these movies which is the 50s and, and probably well in 40s to 50s, um, there were residuals, uh, I guess, or residuals the, from the war. They were especially in the north, in Asturias, in Galicia. There were some people that didn't know, they didn't want to go to France or, or go out and they stay in the woods. Uh, mm-hmm. At the beginning of the war, the republic was uh, elected democratically, which means a, a majority of people voted for the republic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were, the war lasted from 36 to 39. And then, you know, there were one million people, but there were significant amount of people that were on the other side mm-hmm. that were still alive. That uh, and pretty much were ruled by fear. I mean, and you could—that's what I mean. The silence, the looks, mm-hmm. the people don't don't able to say anything. They right. just need, knew that they had to put up with what was coming. Right, and that violent background in that turbulent time is not explicitly mentioned in both films, but you but you feel that the whole way through. The demeanor of uh, the. The people in the movie on the, on the beehive going to the movies and just quiet uh, looking, you know, that's also very, um, you know, very telling. And you know, uh-huh. people that you could see that has taken a lot and suffering a lot, and they are just there, just without saying anything. Uh-huh. They they just, I don't know, that's the way they are. I mean, they're tough right. and 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 surviving. People were taken and executed and. And from a few that were removed from the village and nobody would ask because uh-huh. everybody knew that, right. that 
that was it. It didn't have to be said. Exactly. People that were helping or got helping, giving food to the, the guerrillas, uh, the maquis, uh, they were executed too. I mean, you just risked your right. life. Right, right. I mean, you could see it uh, in, in Pan's Labyrinth and this, this uh, captain of the Guardia Civil that... Right. It was uh, they they called them the you know maquis where the the um, people in the mountains mm -hmm. and and but the thing is for example this um, arbitrary killing of people that were suspicious of helping like when they found two two poor guys in the woods that they said they were hunting and then they killed them and then right. they, and I can say that they couldn't care less you know and obviously I look it looks like they they had rabbits there but they they, you know, nothing happened and they just killed mm -hmm. two people. So they, this is uh, uh, the brothers and, and sisters of those uh, that were killed. Uh, they knew that they had to shut up or if they want to be alive. Right. That's how you control. We have both films set in villages, but your experience growing up is in Madrid, Madrid later years of Franco's regime. How was your upbringing? I mean, I, I grew um, quite happy in my family. We are all, you know, seven brothers and they are all crazy except me. Oh, sure, <laughs> no, sure. I'm just kidding. I'm no, sure. no, but I mean, it, it, I mean, it just, uh, but this is in, in Spain. Um, I started seeing the impact of, of the Franco regime in my personal case. My, my brother was um, arrested once for having flyers uh, saying that, you know, police were killed. Uh, and uh -huh. There was a woman uh, that was uh, a student uh, that appeared one morning on, on, you know, on the side of the road with a shot in the head. And so there were, and so he was, and then because it was illegal to um, have those flyers, he was arrested. And I mean, they released him in three days, but I mean, if they didn't want to release him, right? The, that, that's the thing right. is, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So... How did you see the patriarchs of both families? We have Gomez in Spirit of the Beehive, the beekeeper, and then we have uh, Captain Vidal in Pan's Labyrinth, pretty much one of the nastiest men you'll ever meet. How did you see those two characters? Well, the captain is a despicable creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, this guy, I guess, believes in, in a in an ideology, which is, uh, means that he's willing to sacrifice everybody, mm -hmm. uh, for that ideology. We see Captain Fidal's corruptive influence. What about Gomez? Cause he is more interested in the behaviors of the bees. The bees are in, in part what, what was coming to Spain, which means the suppression of uh, all diversity, the suppression, we are all laboring, but uh, we don't want any, I mean, free thinking bee. <laughs> right, 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 because right. it wouldn't and, fit uh, in the colony uh, structure. Exactly, exactly. I mean, so you are um, part of a bigger picture and you are not important and that, you know, you contribute uh, as much uh, as you can contribute by by feeding the the queen bee but but mm -hmm. that's it we don't care what you think we don't care what you are we you know you can be squashed anytime and you're just a little bee uh -huh. but i think uh, i mean i think he's um I, I mean interestingly 
he probably doesn't see himself as a bee, but sees others as little bees. Right, right. <laughs> so but, it's always good to be the queen bee. <laughs> <laughs> more, 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 than, more, more than the bee. <laughs> so so uh, the father and spirit of the beehive, even though he isn't a cold-blooded killer, he's still promoting this ideology that fascism and Franco brought. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, it's more subtle. Uh, I think he's he's like um, he's there. Um, he, for example, doesn't you know he comes to the morgue to recognize uh, who this guy is that they killed, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's you know saying, okay, this is the guy, but doesn't show right. that he's too much affected about it. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess he's uh, there representing. Um, a, a different order, but mm-hmm. but it's not as as disgusting or as um, uh, I mean, he's as murderous. I mean, at least uh, with his own hands as, as the captain, right? And and also the the in um, the spirit of the you know the beehive, the wife of uh, Fernando Fernand Gomez. Uh, I'm not sure what looks like he was uh, some type of political figure that because I don't think he could make a living with this this beehive that he had. Right, Gomez <laughs> the, plays the father. Right, right, the father. But the wife, uh, that my guess is that um, was writing letters to. I assume that it was the father of the girl. Oh. That, uh, I, I, that, that's what I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not uh, stress the fact. I mean, I, I don't know the reasons why she married this guy. Uh, I think it was more um, a survival thing, knowing that if you are married, then you are you are fine. And in, in that sense, is reinforcement of the traditional family has uh, been you know blessed by the Catholic Church and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. So uh, I think that she saw that uh, as a way of survival, mm-hmm. not as a way of, I mean, so in that sense, the family is still intact, or was. Right. And uh, in uh, Pantha Labyrinthum, uh, and this is my opinion, I think that sure. uh, the, the dreadful captain was a fascist, and I think yeah. he was not interested in, he was interested in having a boy more than a girl. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a sentence in the movie where he says, if when he tells the doctor, if you have to choose uh, between the mother and the baby, I want my boy because it's gonna be a boy. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, uh, but that's that's I think a way of saying you know he's he's this this guy is not an example of any any good example of anything. Mm-hmm. But you know obviously, um, see if she married this guy that was in the political system, she was she was not gonna be persecuted or or be suspicious. I think that that that's why uh-huh. that was the motivation. Right. So more of a, a survival instinct. Right. Right. But I, I, I think that practical practical survival of uh, because I mean I think she understood uh, um, I am alone and uh, in this environment uh, and also she would be feeling probably very vulnerable mm-hmm. and I think uh, especially also. Uh, which is not a minor problem, because she was not alone. She was she had a kid, mm-hmm. and I think you know right. bringing up the kid was probably why she married this guy. The children are the only ones that can see the fantasy. I mean, I think it's a pretty simple 
kids are more are more imaginative and then our imagination is kind of lost as we get older did you see it like that well i i think the the kids are always correct <laughs> <laughs> so no it's true i think it's yeah, yeah. sad that um that we lose imagination and that we see we stop seeing things uh or other things that uh are there mm. and um they are uh, I, I mean when you do shortcuts on, on things, um, eventually it gets, things get more prosaic. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, adults are prosaic because uh, they, they, I think they make a kind of a shortcut. Uh -huh. Because, for example, believing in fantasy, I mean, if you, you could say, I agree that believing in fantasy um, is a good thing, but... Um, the uh, the alternative uh, or is then, uh, and this is where the third comes, is uh, do I believe in believing? Uh -huh. And then once you start questioning why do you believe and so on, and you you, you then suddenly become, you, you poke a hole into what you are believing or you put uh, certain um, features that would give reality and then suddenly... You don't. You stop believing, but you stop believing in believing, <laughs> uh -huh. and then everything is gone. <laughs> um, do you see yourself as the protagonist in these films? You know, discovering the world and coping with its harsh reality. I mean, I think I I get more out of imagination than uh, the actual life. So uh -huh. I mean, or reality, if you will. I think we have a human tendency, I think, uh, to, to try to explain things uh, and even when we don't have a clue. So uh -huh. when we don't have a clue, then you invent it. Right. And, but I think that we still do that in, 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 in many ways. I mean, I see that as a physician constantly. What do you think the reactions of, for instance, your parents would be seeing these films, people who have grown up with a more intimate view of... Well, I mean... I mean, I, I think they, they would probably be impacted differently. Mm -hmm. um, my father um, saw the post-war area, you know, more vividly because he was 14 years old, but he was, um, and I don't know. I mean, I think he, he was, uh, my father was, um, above all, very religious. Uh -huh. So um, so in that sense, uh, I mean, I think he saw everything from the religious prisma. I mean, he was not Frankist. Um, uh -huh. When we were asking him, you know, is, is, is Gano Franco will be the president uh, forever? And he, he would say, as, yeah, apparently he has a very good health. <laughs> 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 I mean, in Spanish uh, terms. But, but I think um, he was of many families that grew up that way that would love to be apolitical. Uh -huh. Having somebody doing the dirty job for them, uh -huh. which is, uh, I mean, they didn't, when we would tell the, him that, uh, I mean, there were, uh, you know, arguments with my brothers, but we would say, you know, there is a demonstration here or the police has killed this guy. I don't know if he did not believe it or he didn't want to believe it. Uh -huh. My mother was, uh, I mean, was, was more liberal in many ways, but... Um, um, but she hates politics and she hated the arguments at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> or at least when we argue with my father. Right. I was wondering how you interpreted or thought of these endings for these films. I mean, and this is how I see things. 
uh, you, on one hand, you, you have a very realistic portrayal of uh, the, the situation in Pan's Labyrinthum, mixed with a very fantastic um, imagination on the part of the girl. Mm -hmm. But, right. but um, the reason uh, everything is believable is because it's ground on reality. I mean, the, the, the captain was very real and they, you know, that's what was happening and the war was real and the abuse of power was real. Mm -hmm. And so the, the more you believe, I think it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. The more you believe and, and reality has a good uh, way to make you believe in it, Right. Then the more you can believe it in the fantasy portion that that is integrated in in the in in it, and I think it's, it's a way of survival. It's a way of uh, seeing. Maybe it's a way of saying there are you know other realities. This sure. this doesn't have to be this harsh. I'd like to thank my guest, Manuel, for being on the show today. And please tune in for next week. We'll be talking with our good friend, Caroline, about rural Florida. Thank you all. This is Visceria.